The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Well, welcome to another episode of the Story World Podcast. Steve Schramm here with your boy, Al. My boy, Al. Whose boy, Al? I'm not <laughs> Your boy, Al. Our boy, Al. <laughs> it is going great, Steve. How are you? Oh, doing good, man. I feel like Oprah. You get a boy, Al. You get a boy, Al. You get a boy, Al. Uh, uh, so good. It's you know, it's been a while since we've got to record, but we've kept the episodes coming out. Yeah, but like, yeah. you know, you and me, mano y mano, face to face, recording an episode. It's been a few weeks. Oh it, man, I'm pumped to, it's to been be a back. Long few weeks, a restful few weeks. Took a couple weeks off from uh, recording some episodes, but I am definitely ready to get back and yeah. get back to it. Well, I don't know about restful when you have four kids in your home. Restful is not a word you really understand. Oh, uh, that's true. It. And I can tell just by looking at you. As can go. No. Well, you know, my, my wife was pointing out some gray beard hairs the other day. So right. it's, uh, nice. here we are. Right, man. Getting old. So anyway, <laughs> well, we have uh, the first of a, a three. I think it's going to be a three part series Harder. for you talking about, um, Plot-driven stories, and then character-driven stories, and then going to talk about some uh, some of the practical application of those, et cetera. So we're starting out today talking about plot-driven stories, and uh, I think me and Alex are both going to have our fair share of thoughts uh, from different perspectives on this. But I'm I'm particularly excited to see what Alex has to say about this because this is really I think th this language is drawn from the world of fiction writing, and that's his domain. So super pumped for this. Yeah, and so yeah, the idea. It really is coming from kind of the fictional side of things as far as telling a fictional story. Of course, I know that Steve will have application up the wazoo yeah. on the uh, the marketing business side uh, that he always mm -hmm. brings it. So I think hopefully we'll have a Worlds Collide session coming up. But yes. Yeah, and if I don't know of anything, I can just pull it out of my butt and make it up. Exactly. Exactly. Like a, like a rabbit out of a hat. So yeah, the, the, the hat's probably a little bit more pleasant to pop out of. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine so. I would imagine so. <laughs> All Very right. Good. So why don't you take us away? Maybe uh, sort of give us a definition, you know, of a, of a plot driven story. And uh, let's just let's just jam. Yeah. So I think probably a simplistic way of putting a plot driven story. It's a little self-explanatory, but it is a story that is driven by the plot or what happens in the story that drives the character. Um, so. A couple examples of this. In fact, a lot of stories, I'd say most stories are plot driven. Um, for instance, Harry Potter, um, even though characters make decisions in Harry Potter, um, you have some brave characters that are doing their own thing. It is largely uh, plot driven. You have Voldemort um, coming to power. And so everyone is basing their decisions based on that fact. If Voldemort was not there, Harry, everyone else would just be going through Hogwarts and school and everything would be fine. But because of an external force that is acting upon them, they are being driven to either survive or fight or they they must 
go into action because of this external force. And so that's what kind of plot driven is. Another example is uh, Lord of the Rings. Again, even though Frodo elects to take the ring to Mordor, it is still forced upon him because Sauron is searching for the ring and evil is coming into Middle Earth. And so that's kind of what a plot driven story or setting is to, to drive a story. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Now I know we're we're gonna do a whole episode on character driven stories. Yes. And and that's and that's for next week. But like I would really love it. It would help me if you could just articulate basically the difference between the two. And, and to be honest, we might even reiterate this, whatever you say here. We might reiterate this in the next episode too, just to make sure that everybody has context. But just for context, what's what's the main one or two things that's going to differentiate this plot-driven scenario from a character-driven scenario? Yeah, no, good question. Yeah, we'll cover it too in the next episode, but just for comparison, um, plot-driven does not mean that characters cannot make their own decisions, of course, but the main difference is, say, in a uh, character- uh, driven um, movie or a story. Again, I, I actually can't really think of an example at the top of my head. I know that there are out there, um, but it is a story based on the character initially making the decisions and forcing the story to happen. So let's say it is an individual who is at his job, is um, an office worker, and then says, like, you know what? Like, I want to take some risk in life. I'm going to go to the police academy and become a police officer. And then he goes there and it's about his story through that. If his only struggle through that story is, you know, getting, you know, physically in shape and trying to like, you know, be the be the tough guy on the force and, you know, just trying to work his way up, then that more or less is character driven based on the character's own decisions, not motivated by any external force or conflict being pushed upon him. So this is great. I have a couple of questions, to be honest. Um, see if I can kind of keep it all together here. You know, one thing that as you're speaking, I'm, I'm thinking of is I, I understand that fiction is going to be in a different category altogether than something like either biography or autobiography. But like, aren't in a sense those character driven because you're because it's it's you're you're zooming in on the life of the person and sure at different points in life, they had different pressures and things, but like certainly like those looming overarching narratives aren't pushing on them. Like ultimately it's about the character themselves and how they grew through the story and the decisions they made. So is that at least some sort of an example of something that's character driven? Is Yeah, I would say, I would say, I don't know the percentage wise, but I would say that your autobiographies, your biographies that typically in normal life, it is very much character driven. Like I chose to major in finance. I chose to take this job. Um, gotcha. But again, that is why we read or write fiction or wake up our own stories or have funny commercials or have those things because it is, um, at least in my opinion, a lot more entertaining to see a character forced into something based on external factors to overcome them rather than sure. the character making their own decisions. So yeah, I would agree with you there. Okay. And, and and another clarifying question that I have is, so this doesn't really speak to like this, this mostly speaks to what is driving the story the along, story. driving the progressive yep. story. So for example, in a plot driven story, of course, your characters are often going to grow and they're going to experience internal like character when I say character, I mean like moral character, yeah. like 
change. That really doesn't have anything to do with the distinction here between character-driven and plot-driven, right? That that That's something that's going to happen as a consequence of going through struggles, be they driven by the plot or the character. I'm glad you said that because I would actually, at least in my mind, how I visualize it is a lot of times, initially right up front, it's very clear whether a story is either plot-driven or character-driven. If a robber comes yeah. into your house and kills your family and you're left alone and you're seeking revenge, that's very much plot-driven. Something happened to you and your family. Versus, you know, again, the guy changing uh, careers. However, um, it I would say a shift happens in plot-driven stories um, where initially it might be the plot that drives the character. And then in the end, as ca the character overcomes um, obstacles and conflicts and becomes stronger and grows in whatever form or shape that the story directs him, in the end, it becomes more character-driven because whether he becomes more confident, a more powerful wizard, a better swordsman, and then he can start making the decisions on how to overcome the conflict. And so the driver's sure. seat kind of shifts a little there. Sure, th uh, that makes sense to me. And so I'm thinking of Luke Skywalker, right? Like uh, at the beginning of the story, mm, obviously there example. are lots of external pressures. It's very plot driven, et cetera. And that's true all throughout. But at the very end, it's also very clear that like this story was also about Luke overcoming him, his own, you know, sort of struggles and, and growing as a character and, and sort of, you know, living into uh, becoming the hero, really, of his own story. So, anyway, yeah, that's a, that's a great example and a great example of um, where even though a story is plot driven, the characters can still make their own decisions and and change, you know, the plot in a way and change the the ending result, you know, and and be a force of nature in their story. Cool. Um, yeah, very good. So, uh, I, I know you're doing a lot of a lot of the talking here, but I feel like we need a little bit more context from your mm -hmm. your side before we d dive any. Yeah, line. definitely. Um, so I'd like to know, well, you have notes, but I'd like to know like what the main characteristics sort of, of a plot driven story would be like, how do we know it's plot driven? What, what, you know, what, uh, yeah, just go on. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of times in the, with a plot driven uh, book you, or a movie, you see it right at the beginning. I'm thinking of, uh, Lord of the Rings where at the beginning is an introduction and you see the end of the second age and how, uh, you know, the ring was almost destroyed, but then it wasn't right from the beginning, even though you're kind of introduced to characters, you know, that there's this grand thing that is going to happen. Or Dune. Like I thought. It or exactly. When you said that. Yep. Yeah. Dune as well. And, and again, that's another great example of Paul who kind of ends up, he's a really good kind of uh, leader figure in that book. And he's not afraid to make decisions, but all of it is still being thrust upon him. He didn't ask to go to Dune and it was all kind right. of rust off thrust upon him and so and then so a sign of i think a, a really good sign too of a book and it's pretty just typical is when you see so if a character if a character changes his mind about a job there's not really any like growth they are being forced into something they're driving themselves but um a sign of a a plot driven story is when initially or in the beginning a character is um like you know, either put down or, you know, demoralized about something or an obstacle confronts them that they just cannot overcome and it forces them to move. So basically anything, a really good sign is anything at the beginning of a movie or a book or any story that puts a character out of their comfort zone is very much plot driven because they don't want to go, at least initially, but they're forced to. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. This, so this makes... 
this makes a lot of sense. So uh, to kind of come over into my world a little bit, which, um, hi, hello, it's nice. It's nice <laughs> in, in my world. I'll um, just make, uh, make the record that I've talked more so far this episode. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is accurate, but trust me, I, I when I edit our episodes, I look at the waveforms and I can see who talks more <laughs> near you, and it is always me, which is my fault. So I'm trying to let you talk more. I'm sure they oh, want to well, hear okay. from you. Maybe, um, maybe. More than, more than they want to hear from me. So... Um, I definitely had a lot of thoughts, uh, you know, popping, popping into my head when I was looking at this. And um, I think one of the so one of the things is people don't often think of themselves as being inside of a story, um, which is ironic because like stories are all, always ultimately about people. And so, like, stories happen to people. They're real-life things. But, like, people aren't usually introspective enough, right, to think of themselves as being inside of a story. So as a marketer, as a business owner, um, a, a crucial tactic is to invite them into a story that they didn't even know that they mm -hmm. were a part of. And when you're – I think there is – a little bit of overlap, I would say. There's maybe there's less distinction in my world between a character-driven and and a plot-driven story, but maybe not. Um, in the sense that I think, uh, I think there are ways to differentiate these, and and I think one of the most important things to do is to create sort of a a predetermined path that your customer's story is going to follow. And we could call this a plot. So I would say in a business in, in, in business storytelling, you know, what is a plot? Well, a plot is a, a predetermined path that the story is going to follow. I think you would agree in fiction, you know, when we talk about plotting, um, that's the idea, right? It's like you're you're sort of going into it. And and I know we were actually talking about this a minute ago before we turned the the recorder on here, but you know, there's a difference in how different people write. Like some people write with, with the plot and the synopsis and the characters and everything, like they're plotters and then they call the slang for the other people the people who just ride by the seat of their pants is the pansters right so you got the plotters and the pansters and um so it's really interesting um that when you're inviting people into into a relationship with you business wise you really need to think ahead of the journey that you want them to to go down and figure out how you fit into the customer's journey, how you fit into their story and how they uh, see themselves in the story. So, so I guess what I'm suggesting here is that plot uh, can really be thought of as a customer journey. Okay. Something that you invite the customer into and they, um, they begin to take part. Now, does that relate to like putting a customer, like a, a vision in their mind of a, essentially a story that you want them to take? You know, because obviously the ultimate goal is to, is a call to action, and so I That's guess right. that could be the external force kind of pushing them to to take that leap. Yeah. So there, there's a couple different philosophies on this. It's, it's a really good question. So there's a couple different ways that people think about this, and it really just determines it's determined by where your product fits in the life cycle of your customer's journey. So there are some people, for example, who would say, um, okay, look, I never want to convince somebody that they have a problem. 
Okay, I want to be I want to be there when somebody mm. recognizes that they have a problem, but I don't want to convince them that they have a problem. So somebody who's in that boat is going to use completely different language, certainly different like headlines, different types of ads, different types of content, because they're going to be speaking to somebody who is at a, a different place. And just to make this practical, I'll just speak from something that I know, right? So I, I'm a web designer. Well, I should say my company, we, like we do web design and marketing. And like part of what I do is I teach other web designers how to create a business a lot like mine. Now, um, so I have a choice to make, right? I could market to people who already have a web design business and want to figure out why they're not getting sales, why they're not, you know, converting leads, um, why they have a feast or famine cycle and their business is not sustainable. Um, I could find people who are already in that boat. So these people are already what we call problem aware. They know they have a problem and they might state it as something like, one month I have a $5,000 project and then the next two months I have nothing. And it's like, okay, well, that's unsustainable, right? So now they, they're, they'll they use different words to describe that, but basically they know they have a problem. So they're they're problem aware, but they're not solution aware yet. So they don't, they're not aware of me. So I speak to them with, with language that gets them to reflect on their problem, but also let them know that I have the solution to the problem they already have. Now, I could have chosen to go a completely different direction at the beginning. I could say, hey, are you looking for a work from home opportunity, something that you could build up on the side? If you're if you have a full time job right now, you're looking for a great business that you could get into to build up on the side. And guess what? I can teach you how to do it without feast or famine to build up a stable recurring income on the side so that one day you can leave your job and have plenty of money ready to go in your bank account when the next month hits right away and you never miss a beat. Now, I could choose to do that. Um I, I could absolutely be in that market. But now understand that I have to use completely different language. Why? Because now I'm not talking to web designers who want to build a stable business. I'm talking to Pete who works at McDonald's who wants mm -hmm. a side job, right? Mm -hmm. So so now I have to use completely different language. I have to use words like side hustle and you know uh, and other words and other other ideas and I have to I have to I have to sell the belief not only that what I, the goods that I have for them will work, the particular breed of goods that I have for them, you know, will work. But then I also have to sell them on the fact that web design is the right thing for them to do. And I even have to create different products and services because now not only do I need to teach just how I do web design, like my current course on subscription web design, it doesn't teach how to do web design at all. It teaches people who are already web designers yeah. how to become subscription-based web designers. Well, if I was... If I wanted to do the same thing, teach subscription-based web design to people who are working at McDonald's or a corporate job on the side, I now have to include an element to my training that is also how to build websites, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I forget the exact way that you you phrased your question, but the point that I'm trying to make, and I, I think, at least I hope it answers it, the point that I'm trying to make is you can have, you can talk to people at different different phases of the journey. And we often, you know, again, to use some insider language, we call this traffic temperature. Um, so you typically have cold, warm, and hot. So what that means is 
cold people are like they don't even know they have a problem at all. They're not aware of anything. So now the the language that you have to use to them is, hey, Pete, you've got a problem. You're working at freaking McDonald's. You're 34 years old. You work your butt off and they hate you there. You're afraid you could lose your job at any time. You need something stable, et cetera. So they don't so I'm like they might like like when they see that come across their newsfeed, I'm waking them up to a problem that they didn't really know they had. Like they might have some, you know, general dissatisfaction, but they don't know, they don't have language for their problem. So I'm forcing a problem into there. So I'm creating a story here. I'm creating a plot. I'm forcing a problem into their world and giving them something new to think about. And then I'm going to keep hammering them with advertisements and content, et cetera, until they give up or the algorithm stops showing. Me <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So that, that's a cold audience that is not aware of anything. Your warm audience is going to be problem aware. Okay. So they are the ones who are aware that they have a problem. Again, this is, this is the web designer who knows that like who, right. Has a $5,000 a month, one month, and then the next month has nothing. And then the next month, 2000, then maybe the next month, 10,000, they have a completely like erratic business. So those people are the ones who have a problem and they're problem aware. And we would call those warm. Those people are warm. We could talk to them a little differently. And then the, the, the final category is hot. These people are solution aware. So they not only know that they have a problem, but they know who you are and that you can fix it. So once somebody, for example, joins my email list, they are now hot. Those are hot leads because they are on my email list. I can use very specific language and how I talk to them. I can, I can use my product itself in the name of my headlines and stuff because they know what I'm talking about. Like I, I can like somebody on my hot list, I can say, Hey, join my new course, getting started with subscription web design. Um, Pete working at McDonald's, if he sees on his news feed, hey, check out this new course, getting started with subscription web design, Pete is going to be like, WTF is going on and he's going to leave the platform. Um, right. So that's the key difference. You have warm, uh, you have cold, warm, and hot leads. And cold leads are not aware of anything. Warm leads are problem aware. Hot leads are solution aware. Yeah. And so how you speak to them will differ. The story that you invite them into will will differ. And however you decide to operate there, that's going to be part of plotting and, and planning out that that customer journey and, and taking them to the next level. So I've talked a lot, but did that answer your question? Yeah, no, yeah. no, that's good. No, it's a lot of good information. Sweet, sweet. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think I pretty much hit all the kind of the key points I want to, I just kind of wanted to reiterate, at least from my perspective that, um, I know I've read some places too, where, um, either like story driven means that the book's focus is on the plot rather than the characters. I don't think that's true. I think a book definitely should focus on mm. characters, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is character driven. Um, so I just, that's something that popped my head. I will make that distinction where I think a book yeah. should definitely be focused on the characters, um, first and foremost, but that doesn't mean that, um, the plot does not drive the story. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, okay. I it's that. just something that popped in my mind. And uh, <laughs> I guess some people think that, but I, I kind of disagree with that line of thinking. <laughs> You're allowed to disagree. You're allowed to have your own opinions. You, you are. If it matters. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. So um, this is good. So so another sort of concept that I think I want to bring out here then, if, if you've kind of said all you wanted to say on it. Yes. Is, um, is story loops. So 
I learned this from Donald Miller in his book, Story Brand. Fantastic book. I would say it is the most readable uh, and best known sort of modern take on storytelling in business. There are older books that this book sort of is a, you know, next iteration of, so to speak. But but this book, Story Brand, talk, he talks a lot about story loops. And this is a really powerful thing. This is really how you go about inviting people into the plot, you know, into the story, into the path that you're trying to to take them on. And so, you know, this is this is where the headline of your website or the headline of your ad or whatever says something like, do you hate your full-time job? Read this, you know, and, and, and what you're doing is you're, you're creating conflict, right? To put it in like, you know, storytelling terms, right? You're creating conflict um, where perhaps there was none before, or maybe if there was, they didn't have the right language for it, et cetera. So you're inviting them in, you're giving them language, you're, you're naming their, their problem. There's an old saying in marketing, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, so I'm paraphrasing it. But there's an old saying in marketing that if you can understand and articulate your customer's problem better than they can, then they will buy, right? right. Like that, they are way more likely to buy because what they're doing is they read your material or, or they see you speak, and they're like, "Yes, yes, I've never." thought about it that way before. And this is why content and stuff is so important because it's just, it's another at bat, right? It's another opportunity to mm. get your message in front of the right person. And I mean, you could listen to somebody for, you know, whatever, two years and every day and something that they say on day, whatever, like 76 finally is the unlock, right? It's the thing yeah. that, that hits it for you. And it's like, Oh, I get it. I, I get it now. I can start now. Um, so that's why this is important. And that's why when you're when you're doing this sort of marketing, you need to be focusing on opening story loops and inviting people in. And again, I would just say, read that book. Um, if you're interested in this at all, you know, read Story Brand by Donald Miller. It talks all about how to do this. And um, it, well, it's the same thing that happens in fiction, right? Like hmm. you see people being presented with, you know, in specifically in plot driven stories, you see people being presented with external things that force them to move. That's yes. all we're talking about here. That's all marketing is, is making people who were previously unaware of, of something that they needed to, to get right and to deal with, uh, deal with it or giving them a solution once they are aware. And that's it. That's the game. That's the whole game of marketing storytelling. That's excellent. It's funny. As you're talking about this, I'm, I'm thinking, looking ahead towards our next episode about, uh, character driven things. And then I'm really excited about our application episode about comparing and contrast. I think that's going to be really good. Some good, yeah. some good stuff here though. I'm just excited. I'm excited. It's a, it's a good subject. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Excellent. great, man. Should we move on to stories of the week? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Uh, I am happy to. So I finally have read a book that I've been meaning to read for a very, very long time. Uh, and that is On Writing by Stephen King. Um, I'm not a horror guy, so I highly doubt I'm going to be reading much <laughs> of Stephen King's fiction. Um, but I will say that um, his writing is just unparalleled, man. I mean, it is so good. I so very much enjoyed the book. Um, because I don't really have much context around Stephen King. I didn't really enjoy in fact in fact I found the first part of the book kind of a slog, you know. I you know, whatever, I seems like a, a good enough guy, but I didn't really care about his backstory that much. I kind of wanted to get to the interesting stuff on writing. Um and so, you know, I, I but I read it. I did I did want to be faithful to the author and so I read the whole thing. I'm a, I'm a I'm a committed guy like that. And um 
I just really enjoyed it. And it actually, you know, we'll talk about this in, in the future, but it actually sort of gave me the courage after reading this book to start dabbling in some fiction writing of my own. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about the lessons that I learned from the book. I will say uh, the, the, the two, like, the two big things that I got from this book, the two big takeaways were number one, almost always you can say the same thing more effectively with less words and, and letting people mm, use their imagination, yes. you know, less, less descriptive adverbs and things like that. Like let, like show them, don't tell them, right. That old, that old classic. Um, and then the other big one was, was super helpful for me in just getting started was that like um, it's, while this is not, you know, something crazy like, you know, church or, or, or becoming, you know, the, you know, the president of the United States or something like that. It's also not, you know, washing the car or cleaning the house. It's writing. And it's like, it, it can be, it needs to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's also not like terribly hard. And what he said is, look, it's, it's very unlikely that a good writer is going to become a great writer. Like that happens in very rare situations. It's also rare, maybe even impossible that a bad writer becomes a good writer. Mm-hmm. Um, that, That's that one of my favorite so, quotes from that book. Actually, I was going to mention that. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very unlikely, but he says, and this gave me hope and courage. He said, um, what is very, very possible is that a result of reading this book and, and even other writing classes and things like that. He said, it's very, very possible that a competent writer Mm. can become a good writer. And that gave me hope because I'm, again, I don't think I'm, you know, I I really try to be humble, but I am a good writer. Um, I am not bad. Uh, I I have my issues. We all do, but I'm a pretty good writer and I've, I've proven that. And so I'm like, Oh, you know, this really gives me hope that I can go from competent to good, even in something like fiction. And I, I love how, I've always been kind of scared, ironically, by the idea of plotting, like we're talking about here. Now, I don't mind that in, in business and marketing, I feel like I'm good at it there. But like with fiction, I'm like, I don't get it. I, can I just put some headphones on and write and like see what happens and watch the characters unfold? And that's exactly what he gives you permission to do in the book. He's like, just sit down, shut the door, turn the music up and just start writing and just let it happen and just mm-hmm. uh, go from there, mold the story, like let let the – oh the analogy that he used was brilliant. He used, and, and also apropos because I just finished reading Jurassic park, but um, (laughs) he used the analogy of, of, of a paleontologist, right. Starting to, you know, brush off and, and find a little bone. And then it's like, you brush off some more and you find, you know, another part of the bone. And then eventually you've got this, this, the the whole thing and you, you, and you're dusting off the different parts and you, you like this, this entire thing, this story, becomes unearthed one little bit at a time and that that honestly just gave me so much hope and courage to just dive in and i've got almost 800 words of my first work of fiction written as a result so i'm super excited about it when you read that book at the end of it you're like i'm gonna be a great writer like i know it's gonna happen yes Yes! really 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 and and, and what what i what i find what I find interesting about that is I, I sort of think he goes out of his way in the book to like, for you to not get that reaction. Like, you know what I'm saying? I like, I so. feel like I think so. he, I think so. he really wants He's brutally honest. He is brutally honest. 
he really wants you to take this seriously. And mm -hmm. this might feel weird, but I kind of feel like that's intentional in the sense of, well, it's obviously intentional because he's he's a masterful writer. And so it, it's, oh, it's so like if, if he if he says it, he, he says it for a reason. But like I kind of think it's almost meant to discourage the bad writers who are reading it from like even getting started. But like mm. I guess people know, right? Like you you know if you're a good writer or not. Like that's or a competent writer. Or at least a competent. You you should yeah. know if you, you are know a if you're a writer. competent writer or if you are not a competent writer. It is very easy to tell the difference. And most people I would think are self-aware enough to understand that difference. And so I think it's really meant to give the competent writers like me the hope that, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna become a best-selling freaking, you know, fiction author one day. And and to to discourage the bad writers from honestly even trying. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speak more highly of myself than I ought to. And I don't mean that at all, but, but you're the one who said it. Like he really does after reading that book, make yeah. you think that you could be a good writer. And so it's, I, I it's just a, help it. it's a great book. And I know people who have read it, who aren't writers, they don't care to write, but they love the book. So I very yeah. highly recommend it along with Steve. And I, yeah, he, even though this isn't his, his fiction book, it's a book on writing he is just a master of putting words together. And one thing that I was thinking of that I maybe is because I, I listened to it through audible. I, so I heard him talking to it, but he writes how he would talk. So it's almost like a very eloquent speaker has like written this book. And obviously he has, I hope that's coming. I hope I'm communicating that it, it's almost yeah. like every time he writes something, it's not like in a written language. It's in like a spoken language. It, it's just, so good at his crap and i'm kind of with steve i do like horror but i just don't care for his books but i love this book and uh but anyway yeah so, so right along with steve recommend it um i was so excited this week because my boy steve here sent me a text earlier this week and said hey by the way i started to read harry potter <laughs> and I actually don't think I've ever even suggested to Steve to read Harry Potter. I think I've just told him, hey, some night, sometime we'll have a movie night and, you know, we'll just kind of slowly chip away at the Harry Potter movies because I think the Harry Potter movies do a excellent job at um, just telling the Harry Potter story. And uh, and so I was excited he did that. So I immediately pounced on it and uh, started reading through them again. And we're both about halfway through the first book. And um, so that's just kind of my little story of the week. If you if you haven't read Harry Potter, it's uh, it's just great. Um, yes, it is in the children's story category, but don't let it fool you. It is an excellent book for adults, and it keeps getting better and better as the books go along. So I am super pumped to be reading that and maybe some podcasts in the future about uh, what we think of yeah. it. Well, I'll tell you the thing that tipped me over the edge was, well, aside from the fact that when I looked it up, it was free uh, on Prime. <laughs> exactly. Now yeah. or Kindle. So I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I was excited that. Um, but in reading on writing, he specifically mentions the Harry Potter series mm. as being one of his favorite, you know, series of books yep. um, in recent years. And I'm like, well, if it's got if it's got this dude's endorsement, I'm like, I'm going to read it. And um, the only thing I hate, I don't hate um I, I don't hate, but I do hate. I have a love-hate relationship with this. Is that now, like I suck the fun out of everything in a sense because now I'm starting to write fiction. And so I am reading with an eye towards how the person is writing for my own benefit of learning how to write. Now, I'm trying not to do that very much. I'm really trying to just enjoy it. And I would say for the most part, I am. 
But I also now have this awareness that I didn't have before of, oh, like, yeah, I see how that's structured. I see why they did yep. this. I see whatever. And that's, you know, even in the on writing book, which I'm sorry, we're in your story of the week, not mine. But just to dip back into that for a minute, you know, he did talk about how, yeah, like it's really hard to imagine being a, a successful writer and not a voracious reader. Um, hey, so I'm sorry trying to live into that as well and um but it's good i'm enjoying harry potter so far man it's super yeah i'm glad good. it's and i've had similar like uh but there's a family friend of ours who taught creative writing at a college in maine for i don't know if it was his whole life but at least years and years and he i forget exactly the subject matter but he basically like taught the harry potter books in college wow. to adults just because it, it really is so well written and you you really cannot find a book that caters to all age groups like that and is just so so well to told and as far as reading books and like picking out stuff i think that just happens just naturally like i read fiction for fun and all the time all the time i'm just thinking like oh i i see that like you know he put that there or i like how he worded that yeah and that's just natural observation that you just absorb again yeah that's that's awesome, man. Well, hey, this has been a great episode. Lots this, of yeah, yeah, it's been fun to talk about. So um, hopefully everybody got some value from it. Hey, find us on YouTube. Like, share, yep, subscribe, comment, tell your friends. Hide your kids, hide your wives. Uh, listen to your story world. Um, man, we're loving it. We're having the time of our lives. So join up, man. Absolutely. Good. Tell your friends. See you, everyone. Right. Later.